Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. This episode was the Q&A panel for the youth at the Rush Student Conference. We hope and pray this blesses your life. For more information about the Rush Student Conference, visit us at rushstudentconference.com. Brother Trimble, start us off. Would you tell us a little bit about, about yourself? Sure. Uh, grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. When I was 17, moved to St. Louis, Missouri, where my dad pastors, has pastored for the last 15 years. Um, have been involved in youth ministry for the last 15 years. Uh, I'm currently the uh, youth district secretary for the state of Missouri, and uh, am assisting my dad there. And... Uh, Loving life, preaching, and leading worship. So, awesome, awesome, Sister Sanika. So I grew up in Donovan, Missouri, a southeast Missouri, and um, I've been involved in youth ministry for about ten years. I uh, grew up and helped with our youth staff there, and involved in missions at a very young age. I went on missions trips and uh, kind of just involved, served the local church for a good ten years, and then I got the opportunity to move to St. Louis and work at headquarters. And now, um, the last two and a half years, I've been the AYC director, so I get to plan and equip young people to go around the world and spread the gospel. Awesome, awesome! Isn't that great? All right. Lauren, go ahead. Well, I am married to this handsome guy right here, Cody. <laughs> man, man. Did something right, y'all. Even though right, we have y'all. tired eyes. <laughs> Did something right, y'all. Um, I have been in youth ministry about eight years, um, but we are in Zanes when I grew up in Dayton. I don't know if there's anyone here from Dayton, but I grew up in Dayton and then moved to Zanesville about four years ago. So we're the youth pastors there. Um, we got two little boys that are usually with us um, and just uh, love serving young people, love working with young people and um, just doing what I can for the kingdom. All right. All right. So first, first question. My name is Cody, by the way, from Zanesville. You have um, to introduce yourself too. I have the most beautiful wife in the whole world. And uh, fun fact, fun fact about Lauren as it pertains to you all, Lauren was, uh, Lauren went to public school, but um, did something that maybe not all young ladies do because there's a big struggle in school, but Lauren uh, was very passionate about who she was and about uh, God's call in her life. And she lived out loud and her... Her friends at school um, didn't hate her for that or turn away from her for that. She was elected prom prom queen um, as as a senior, as somebody who just lived out loud. And so I've appreciated that about her uh, for a long time, and it's one of the reasons I married her, uh, because uh, she is who she is, and I appreciate that about her. But this isn't a marriage seminar, uh, so we're going to get to some of your questions. Are you, are you guys ready? Okay, here we go. Um, Brother, Brother Trimble, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, how do you go about day-by-day stresses and still make time for prayer or reading your Bible? Uh, so here's what I'd say. Um, one thing I forgot to mention was that it, in my background is that at the age of 30, I was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Yeah. And um, so for those of you who were Youth Congress two years ago, you heard me give them a testimony of how God had healed me. And, uh, but with a diagnosis at 30 comes 
sticking to some pretty good boundaries, you start realizing like what is really important in life. And some of those things is prayer and taking time to read your Bible, uh, and you really focus on what's important. And uh, what I would say is, um, what I've challenged our students to do is not only, uh, I did a series on protecting peace, and uh, what I would say is, we're taught a lot to tithe our income in the church. So once you get a job, it's a good thing to give offerings, give to the Lord, tithe your income. But what if we tithed our time and our energy to God every week? What if we took your, your week that you have, you're at school a lot, you got a lot of stuff going on, but what if you gave 10% of your time each day to God? What does that look like? Now you gotta set, you know what you have on your schedule, my schedule is different from your schedule, but we all can tithe our time to God. So what I would say is find what, where those boundaries are, if that's early in the morning, if that's late at night, but I would just say, you gotta figure that out for yourself, but please set some boundaries in your life. Um, for me, it, it took taking away some stuff, right? So like if um, there's some things, you know, video games playing for five hours a day, you might be able to take away some of that and give, you know, 30 minutes of that to God in the morning uh, or 30 minutes of that before you go to bed. So it, it's not just adding to. I think we're, we live in a culture where, where we're told you need, you need this, you need that, you need to add this to your life, but also um, taking away some things so that we can add what's really important, right? Anyways, yeah. Very good. Jump in on that. Feel free. So the question, I'm sorry. So the question was, how do you go about day-by-day -day stresses and still make time for prayer and reading your Bible? So I find that uh, I do like the tithing principle. That's great. Um, so in the morning, I know that I need to get up early and I'm not a morning person. It's a struggle. Struggle bus is real. Um, but I take time in the morning because I know that I'm going to be able to handle my daily stress. I'm going to be able to handle what comes my way yeah. if I do take that time in the morning and really connect with God because there's something about him like being with you and you getting in the presence of God that you know what I don't have to stress out about that I don't have to deal with that and then it helps me recreate or set my day that I know what are priorities that I can deal with for that day as well yeah. I feel like when I don't make that time in the morning um, the stresses are so much more because what God could have taken care of for me and he already had, I end up carrying those and I even, you can see it physically because you get stressed, you get maybe anxiety or whatever. And it's because if I don't take that time and say, God, this day's yours, um, whatever I do today, it's yours, then it does become so much more stressful. And I think a practical thing to add, add, add on to that would be in, in, be intentional about your morning. Uh, be, be intentional. Um, if your alarm is within arm's reach of your bed, um, then it's very easy to, to, you know, do the kind of dead arm and just kind of swat the thing, you know, like get out of my life, you know. Um, but if you're intentional about planning and saying, instead of my alarm being right beside me, I'm going to set my alarm across the room and get up out of bed and then once I, once I stand up, don't sit back down and then make intentional time. I think if you can, if you can step out of the busyness of the day and just plan, just get a plan together, then you will see stuff start to develop. You won't get it overnight. You won't get it the first time. But over time, what starts to happen is it gets easier. 
And so I would just say, I would just add to that and say, make a very practical plan. Like me, I, I don't, I don't pray. I don't pray until after I shower in the morning, TMI maybe, but, uh, after I shower, because I know that I, like, there's a point in the morning where I'm still trying to figure out what day it is, what my name is, who I am, where I am, what's going on. And, and so I, I give that space of time, uh, to get myself aligned, aligned. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay. So let's move on. Let's, uh, let's move on to, um, another, another question, uh, here. Have you ever, this is maybe a, a weighty question here. Have you ever struggled with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, actions? If so, have you, let's, let's word it this way. Have you ever, have you ever struggled, um, to the point where you felt like your emotions were out of control to where you felt like you lost control and your emotions kind of made decisions for, have you ever been there before? Um, and if so, uh, how did you get through that? Um, something I have dealt with is anxiety and I feel like Part of it was, you know, when you get out of balance or you're sleep deprived. In my case, um, and I know this is different, but when you have a child and they don't sleep and you don't sleep, it can be hard. But it all goes back to the last question. If, if God is with you in your day and you give it to him and you don't carry all those things, um, that's what got me through was in it wasn't it wasn't an overnight deal we go through seasons um of hard times and um one if you do deal with anxiety i guess this is just a practical tip but there's a book called anxious for nothing um that i would highly recommend that's a good book um but also going to your leadership and just being real being like i'm struggling i'm having a hard time what can i do um and not putting a mask on and acting like you're okay. Cause then you might get to a point where you're not okay. And you're not coming to church. Cause you feel like you just, you can't live up to this. Listen, we are humans. That's why we need God. Uh, if we weren't human, we wouldn't, right? We need God. And so just being real with each other, um, being real with your leadership, going to them, um, and saying you're struggling and just giving it to God. You have anything to add? Feel free. I would just say the only thing I would add to that is that um, we, we store for the future, okay? So, like, there's going to be seasons of famine where you're feeling desperate. But Joseph in the Bible, the dream that Pharaoh got told them to store for seven years for the seven years that were coming. So you just got to make sure your everyday life is ready for those days of emotional roller coasters and days of depression days where you're feeling so low the days where you're feeling so low is not where you're going to feel the strength as much but it's the other days where it's going to be building god's going to be putting stuff in you for the days where you don't feel like you need to pray that day where you don't feel like you want to go to church that day where you're feeling alone other thing i would say is don't isolate yourself don't be alone surround yourself with people that love god that surround yourself with people that are further than you in in their walk with god that are more experienced in their walk with god so that you have somebody that's pulling you towards Christ and not away from him. So there's a ton of stuff coming through about depression. So I think we ought to maybe stay here. Sure. Um, just for a minute. Um, depression, the, that emotion 
um, at least from what I have found in, in, in being around young people, that emotion drives, drives people to caves, right? Drives people to, um, to, to, stay, to stay by themselves. Here's, here's, what I would, here's what I would say to the question, how do I come out of depression and adding to, adding to what you said. You, you, have to, you have to get around people. Um, Jesus, here's, a, here's something I'll, I'll, I'll leave with you. Jesus, Jesus is, is on the, hanging on the cross. He's, he's getting ready to die, but he sees, he sees Mary, he sees John down there at the foot of the cross, and they're begging him to live. They're sad, they're crying, they're, they're wailing. What are you doing? Don't do, you know, you've got a mom down there with, with emotions. And so Jesus, what does Jesus do? He sends them away. He said, uh, he, he sent them away. And here's, here's the point, here's the point that, that comes out of that. It's very hard to die when there's people close to you begging you to live. Did y'all hear that? It's very hard to die when there's people in your world. Jesus realized the only way I can die is if I send these people away that are begging me to live. And if you can get people in your life that will beg you to live, that will say, keep pushing, keep trying, keep moving. If you can get around people, people, everybody say people. If you can get around people, then you will find, you'll find the strength. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 flight. There's something that happens when we get together. God created us to be together. Don't allow yourself, um, don't allow yourself to be isolated. Anything to add uh, on the topic of depression? I think you have to realize too that it's okay. It's okay to share those feelings with yes. your friends and yes. your youth pastor and your pastor because you're not the only man on the island. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes I think the enemy makes us think that I'm the only one that deals with this. I'm alone. Nobody wants to see me like this. Nobody wants to understand where I'm at. And they definitely don't want to be, they don't want to do life with me and help me. That's far from the truth. Absolutely far. We all love you. We're a body of Christ. God developed relationship for us to be together and to help each other through things. So make sure that you understand that you're not alone in this and that you do need that support group for that. Um, one thing, I guess this is just on, um, I don't know, practice side, but social media, uh, I would say is one of the biggest and, and research has found it it leads to depression. It leads to anxiety. Um, turn it off. If it's killing you, turn it off. Um, something Cody and I do, and uh, you know, we're not young people, but we have a limit. We have a screen time limit. So after 15 minutes, it turns off. So I have to set a limit because it's so easy to just, you open your phone and you automatically hit Instagram so because it's, it's like, you don't even think about it, you just do it. So Cody and I, so we each have a limit. And so for me to, for me to get back on it, he has to enter a code. Cause and sometimes for, the YouTube video is just too good, y'all. Yeah. It's too good. He does like YouTube to, cause to redo our house. That's how you learn. But for real though, it's a practical thing, but listen, have some, have your youth pastors or whoever say, listen, I want you to put in a code that I don't know into my phone and say, I only want to be on social media for 30 minutes a day. So last night when I wanted to take a little video, I couldn't, 
I had already been on Instagram for 15 minutes, so I could not Bless open it. Bless Lord. And, listen, and this is just me being really real, but it's a, it's a practical thing that could save your life. You could scroll, 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 and you think everybody is doing great, and, and look at me. I don't have any of that. I don't look like that. And all of a sudden, you were in the depths of despair looking at someone's highlight reel, and you have no idea what they're going through on a day-to-day basis. So that's just something I would encourage, even if you're not dealing with it, I would encourage you to, to do that. Write this, write this verse down. It'll change your life if you apply it. Proverbs 16 and 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works. Everybody say, my works, my actions. Commit my actions to the Lord, and my thoughts will be established. If I will just do it, if I will just make the choice, then my thoughts will be established. Right choices lead to right emotions. Okay, right choices lead to right emotions. All right. Okay, let's move forward. We've had a ton of questions. We've had a ton of questions come through about reaching others. Um, What's the best way to witness to others? I'm a P7 leader that struggles with with getting folks to my to my P7 group. Um, And so let's let's maybe let's maybe talk a little bit on the subject of witnessing. How, um, in your personal life, how have, I I think this would be a good place to start. What has been, um, what have you found over, over the course of your life that is the best way to, to witness to people? Anybody can jump in and start there. I think, um, for me is building relationships. So when I was younger, my youth pastor told me, he said, people do not care what you have to say until they understand that you care about them. So you can go and say, hey, come to my P7 club. We have this cool thing, da, 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 da. And they might come for the entertainment piece, but they might not stick, you know, with anything else. But once they realize that you took time to build relationship, that you sat with them at the lunch table, yes. that you went and got them food, that you bought them a soda, bought them a water, whatever that looks like, that's their love language, whether that's quality time or words of affirmation, or you're just there for them, that they're going to be like, okay, well then I'm going to really buy in to what you're telling me right now. So for me, relationships, and that's just how I connect with people. It was a lot easier for me. If we have a connection, we can get on the same common ground that I can tell you about Jesus and how he changed my life. And then you're going to be able to receive it a little bit better. Um, I would say more and more evangelism and, and witnessing is becoming more of an organic thing than it used to be. It used to be very contrite. It used to be very, we're going to uh, rally around this effort to evangelize. But it's, we're seeing that it's, what's really sticking is what Sister Sanitha was just talking about, the organic, the, the relationships that we already have, uh, putting a foot in the door and saying, I'm, I'm going to go and uh, you know, witness to this person. I'm going to take a step out and I'm going to ask them to come to church instead of, you know, knocking on doors or putting door hangers out. It's less that and more of showing people that you care. Uh, in fact, our youth group, we, we took, uh, we were like, what is the modern day door knocking? You know, what, what does that look like today? So we actually, our, our youth group raised $200 and we went to a coffee shop, a local coffee shop, and we bought $200 worth of coffee for the next hour for everybody that was coming in and we just sat around on all the tables and, and we, we 
we talked with everybody, hey, we, we just want you to know that you're welcome, and we want you to know that, that you're welcome to come to, uh, to our church, and, you know, we love this community, and we love, love St. Charles. So uh, I think that uh, making, making an effort to step out, at, like Sister Sanitha said, and make an effort to, uh, to uh, put a foot in the door with, with your relationships. Um, just like what they said, uh, relationships, I know, you know, if you, for instance, for you, you know, if you're at school, if you're disrespectful to the teacher, you don't do your homework, and you're rude, it's kind of hard to talk about Jesus or invite someone to church because they're like, wow, they're they're not even nice, <laughs> you know, and so it, it boils down to just live it. If you are, you live it. It's who you are. It's not uh, what it's not what you say, but it's how you live and who you are. Um, even just to basic things, I know like our neighbor, she'll come to, um, to church with us sometimes. But it wasn't just because I right off invited her. It was because we have a relationship, and um, you know we do things for each other. When she go, you know we're friends, and so when you're friends. You, you want to hang out. You want to do things together. And so it's just when you have that relationship, they, they, you make them feel like you care. You make them feel loved. And so they want to go to church with you. They want to do things with you. Um, but it's got to be who you are, not just what you say and how you act. And, and maybe from the lens of P7, the, the most successful P7s that I've seen are, are people that are just just who they are. Um, they're just, and it really ties into all of this, just people that this is who they are. This is not something they're doing, but this is, this is a, this is a heart thing. This is a, my passion is to give other people what, what I have. And so I would just say, um, as it pertains to, to P7, just cover it in prayer and be somebody, ask God, give, give me a heart for these people. Um, give me a, if it's worth doing, it's worth praying about. And so, uh, ask God, give me a heart for these people. Let me see them the way, the way you see them. And you'll find that out of prayer, things, things start to, things start to shift and, um, and change. All right. Anything else to add on that before we move? I was going to say one more thing. Um, a lot of times that we want to do the convenient route, you know, maybe if they sit at my lunch table, then I'll invite them or I'll build that relationship. But sometimes ministry looks inconvenient. You know, maybe it's a friend that doesn't have a way to come to youth service or doesn't have a way to get to somewhere. You might have to leave your house 30 minutes early to go get them or, you know, give them a phone call the day before. But just make sure that you don't think that it's like convenient and the inconvenience is always worth it. You know, that extra 20 minutes of your time could make or break somebody else's salvation in the sense of them getting under and hearing the voice of God. You don't know until you try. Um, I, uh, I was in Walmart one time and I saw this guy sitting down um, and man, I, I felt like, I felt like God was like, talk to him. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I walked out to the parking lot and man, it was just eating at me. Have, has anybody ever felt that before? Like I ain't doing that. And then God's like, Yes, you are. And so I, I go back. I looked. I'm, I'm sure I looked like an idiot. But I I went back into Walmart and he was like he was an older guy and I didn't really know what to say and and I went up to him and I was like, Hey man, I I, I feel like I'm supposed to talk to you and just tell you that God loves you. 
And, uh, <laughs> and, he, and he replied and said, okay. <laughs> I said, okay, have a good day. And that was it. I'd love to tell you got the Holy Ghost. He didn't. But you don't know. You don't know until you try. And I'm, I've never seen that guy since. I probably won't see him again in my entire life. But you don't know until you do it. And it didn't hurt anything. It didn't hurt for me to, to stick my neck out and just, just try. Everybody say, just try. Just try. Just try. Just, just try. Okay, let's move forward. Uh, um, you, there's a lot of common threads in these questions. One, one of which is uh, doubt. Uh, doubting your calling. How do you know you're called? How, um, how do I know that God, that God has called me? So let's maybe talk on the subject of of calling to, um, I'm sure there's a bunch of young people in here that, that feel called, but you don't know maybe what you're called to or what you're called to do. Um, so maybe not a specific question, but when you, but when you think of, um, in your own life, how this panned out for you, uh, your calling, your your purpose, and and what God uh, was going to do through you. How how did that all pan out for you? And what advice would you give would you give to these young people? So, uh, felt a calling on my life to ministry at the age of twelve. I was in an altar like this. I remember being the last one. I remember God just wrecking me that night. And I remember like the days following that being like, oh my word, I've been called, I've been called, I've been called. I want to tell the world. Like I was, I was like sending out letter, a letter to, I was literally writing a letter to the district, letting them know how I had been called and God was going to do something great through me. And I'm ready to preach youth Congress, you know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, at 12 years old, the invitations aren't coming so much. And uh, so, you know, there's a little bit of waiting there uh, when you get called as a teenager. And so I think for a lot of us, the question is, what do we do while we're growing into the person that God is calling us to be? What do we do in the waiting until, you know, God opens the door to do? And I, I will just tell you this. Don't, don't just do nothing. Don't just wait for the invitation to come. Don't just wait for your youth pastor to say, hey, will you teach that Bible study? Don't wait for your youth pastor to say, hey, will you, will you speak at youth service? Don't wait. Study to show yourself approved. So if you feel like you're called to speak, I would challenge you to start studying. I would, if you feel, start giving Bible studies, P7 clubs, what we're talking about right now. Second thing I would say, I regret not doing as much as I could have as a teenager because I was waiting for that, you know, to be 18, to be 19, to be 20, to where those invitations would start coming. And uh, if I would have put in the preparation and the prayer beforehand, uh, how much further along in the journey I would have been. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that you have got to be connected to somebody else that is called ahead of you. So when Elisha is in the field, it says he's got his hand to the plow. When Elijah comes to him and he actually throws his mantle on Elisha. Here's the problem with our generation today is 
that we feel like once somebody has appointed us or once, you, you know, I would challenge you if you feel called, set up a meeting with your youth pastor, set up a meeting with your pastor, let them know I am called. It was actually in a conference like this where a preacher told me, go home, set up a meeting with your pastor, let them know you feel called so that you have some accountability, some validation. You know, God's going to, uh, you know, validate that in you. Uh, but what, I would challenge you to get that in your life because you need somebody that can tell you, hey, this is the path to take. This is the way to go. Somebody that has walked the path before you. And with Elisha and Elijah, Elisha gets the man thrown on him. Here's the problem with our generation. We think once we have a mantle thrown on us that it's our mantle. But a mantle getting thrown on us, it's an appointment. Somebody else, your youth pastor sees that that validate that value in you, that calling on you. Your pastor sees that calling on you. I would challenge you serve your pastor, serve your youth pastor, that person that throws that mantle on you. Let them know, hey, whatever I can do, if it's bringing water to the speaker, whatever I got to do, I just want to serve because that's what will open the doors to your calling. It really will. If you serve with all your heart, serve your leader, serve your Elijah. That was really good. And I I would echo everything that you just said. Um, I think that Whenever I was younger, I felt I didn't um, get into church until I was 12, 12, 13, and I felt a call to youth ministry. And so in my mind, youth ministry looked like this beautiful thing in a box. You're married, you're a youth pastor's wife, you you do these things, you do youth events, you have fun, the kids come over to your house, you bake cookies together. Your you van know. breaks down. Exactly. No, none of that was in there. None of that was in the dream. <laughs> but, you know, like I feel that at that age, I think I was like maybe 16, I felt that call and I'm like, okay, I've got it planned out. This is what it's going to look like and I'm just going to be bopped through life and it's going to be awesome. Well, it, that's not what it looked like at all. But the thing is, is that when God orders your steps, you have to trust the process, trust the process through it all. Just like Joseph, he had a dream at the beginning. How long did it take before that came true? A long, long time. And he was faithful through the whole entire thing. And it, all those things that he went through during that, during that time, that process developed him into the person to be able to fulfill that dream. So whenever you feel a calling or you feel led to do something, you have to trust the process. God's going to mold you. God's going to create you into what it looks like. So for me, um, I went on a missions trip, didn't even think that that was what I wanted to do. I was like, hey, what do I got to lose? We're going to go have some fun in some foreign country, right? And then God changed my life, wrecked it for good, you know? And I remember like on the streets, I was sitting there and God just ministered to the people. They were coming out of flats and bar doors and all this and God just ministered. And I remember thinking, God, if I could connect young people to moments like this, sign me up. Guess what? That was in 2008. Then 10 years later, I got the opportunity. So in those 10 years, I did. I tried to serve in any way possible. I was part of the cleaning crew, cleaning toilets on Wednesday night. I drove the bus ministry. (laughs) I did Bible quizzing. I did all kinds of stuff. Wherever there was an opportunity for me to pour into, I was going to do it. it. Did it fit right in line with what I thought it was? No, but guess what? All those things that God poured into me at those times were valuable in this season of my life. So I just say, trust the process. Absolutely. I echo everything they said. Um, It's so good. 
When you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you those desires of your heart. So Psalms 37 and 4, write it down, circle it, highlight it, all that. Sometimes we think, okay, God, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Give me my calling. But you're not praying and, and you're not fasting. You, you don't read your Bible. Well, your desires are probably not God's desires because you don't have a relationship with him. But when you have that relationship with him, then sometimes when you have a relationship with God, sometimes God's calling is just what you want to do because your heart is his. You've, he's given you those desires. Um, but I think that a tragedy is what if you don't delight yourself in the Lord and then your time comes and that's your appointment and you miss it because you have different desires. You have worldly desires because you haven't taken that day-to-day delighting yourself in the Lord. So if you're not sure what to do, step one is you got to know God, right? You got to delight yourself and Lord, and so I would say you need you need to pray, you need to start that. Okay, I got to get up so that I have time to talk with God before I go to school. Um, it's just simple things. Um, Bible quizzing. I wish I did Bible quizzing for one year, and and even that year I was not very good. There was someone really good on our team, so I was just there for support. But I I was, but I Me too. I Me wasn't too. very big support. But I wish if I could go back. That would be one thing. I would, um, I would have turned off things that didn't matter. I would have not wasted so much time, and I would have got involved in Bible quizzing. Um, we we promote that we're because it might be an hour of your day, but that word will be hidden in your heart the rest of your life. And when you go through those hard times, depression, anxiety, you're dealing with those things. God will bring those scriptures right to your mind, and it'll carry you through. Um, so that'd be something I'd get involved in. One more scripture to write down: Ecclesiastes nine, nine and ten. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there's no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where, where you're going. Uh, whatever you do, whatever level of serving you're at, do it with all your might. Do it with all your heart. If you can't do that with excellence, God's not going to trust you with this. Um, if you can't serve in this area, well, I'm just here until pastor calls my name to be behind the pulpit, you know. Uh, if you can't, if you can't do what he's asked you to do with all of your might and all of your passion, then God's not going to open that door for you. And so whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all, all your might. All right. Five, 10 second break. I want everybody to stand up. It's morning. Stretch. I'm losing some of you. Some of you are like, God help me make it through this morning. Stretch. Young man in the back has already given up. No problem. Stretch. No problem, man. You get some rest. All right. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? You can, you can be seated back down. He's already seated and asleep. Stay comfortable, buddy. All right. Here's what we're going to, here's what we're going to, we're going we're gonna to touch a really, a really good subject when it comes to young people. Are you ready? Nudge a couple people around you. Say, are you ready? Say, 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 I'm not scared. Are you scared? I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. All right, you guys ready for this word? I don't think you're ready for this. 
Here's, here it is. Buckle up. Fasting. Everybody okay? All right, let's talk about fasting. You guys can be, see y'all are so kind. You can be seated. Let's talk about fasting. There was a question that came in. Not, not, not a bunch of people wanted to ask about fasting. Whoever did, you're awesome. Um, but I would love to say many people talked about fasting, but most people don't want to talk about fasting. Let's be honest here. And so let's, let's maybe dive into the subject of, of fasting. Uh, because it is, is important. Jesus said some things only happen by prayer and, and fasting. And so let's, let's maybe talk uh, on this subject. What have you found um, in your life personally? How did, this, how did fasting develop? Um, if you don't fast, just lie. Um, uh, I'm kidding. They all fast. They're wonderful people. Um, how, did, how did this develop in in your life? How did, where did it start? What did it grow into? Talk, maybe let's talk on the subject, subject of fasting. Who wants to start? Fun subject. (laughs) It's not fun. It's not fun. I'm just, we're going to be real, right? That's what we're doing this morning. We're going to be honest. Like my flesh does not like it, does not like it at all. And it's a struggle. You talk about me not being a morning person, like fasting, I'm not a, you know, typically, but I'm saying the thing is, is that I want to do it because it allows me to get connected and closer to God. Like his thoughts become my thoughts. I start praying different. I start seeing things different. I see a different way to minister. God, I don't know. It's just that closer connection because your flesh is that thing that separates you from God, right? So if I can deny that and make that go away as much as possible, then I'm connected to the source that knows all, that has all wisdom, that knows what's going on, that knows what I need, you know? So that's the thing. I would have to say, when I was younger, my pastor had us do it like at the beginning of the year, every year. And man, we would get that list out because you would have to fast something one week. And we're like, okay, what are y'all doing the first week? Okay, well, I'm doing this. Are you really gonna do this? You know, like in your, in your groups. Creativity just flourishes during that time of the year. Right. Anyway. Like, am I here? Do I go across the line? No, so at the beginning, I feel like it was out of submission because my pastor asked me to do it. Didn't quite understand it, but I was submitted to my pastor. So that's where it kind of started with me. And as I got older and administered, I'm like, man, God, I can't do this on my own. And my prayer time's not, I mean, it's great and we're connecting, but I need to connect with you a little bit more because I do not know how to rock whatever you just placed in front of me. So I found for me, fasting was created out of a desire to do ministry better and to connect with God better. And whenever I can break that down, then it's me and God together and we can do anything. So that's, that's probably where it came. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I would tie into that. I think there's never been a day I'm like, I'm so excited to not eat all day or I make food for my kids and smell it. And there's never a day you're never excited to do it, but I think it's knowing that there's a better you outside of it. So you're killing your flesh. You're that carnal side of me that wants the things that God doesn't want, that I'm killing it. I'm saying, you know what? I am in control of this body and you do not get to, you don't get to tell me what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be on Instagram all day. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit in front of the seat. I'm not going to do all these things. So it's knowing that, okay, if I don't do this, 
I'm going to be carnal. I'm going to, I'm not going to be thinking like God thinks. I'm, so even though it's hard when you, once you do it and you realize that I know like for me, my, I feel like my brain fog just goes away. It's like, I feel like before I fast, I have so much. How many of you have felt that before brain fog brain where fog. you feel like you can't focus at all? You're, you're, There's just so you're many you're laying down and you're like, Oh, please stop brain. Yeah. You've been there before. Yeah. Seriously, if you fast, it's gone. It goes away. I'm not saying that it won't is come so, back. That's true. That's true. It's true. Um, and that's, but that's why you don't get to like fast once a year. You know, you have to fat. Maybe you have a fast day. Maybe you do all day or maybe you do a noon to noon or um, a five to five. It, do what works for you, but do something. Don't just, well, I can't, I can't do that. I have to eat eggs in the morning or my mom will be mad. Okay, well then eat eggs in the morning and then don't eat any more the rest of the day. So do what works for you, but definitely do something and you will be a better you. You will be a better you and it'll make you want to do it more, not because you don't like food, because we all like food, especially this time of year, but because you know at the end of that, and I'm telling you, every time you fast, your neighbor brings you over dinner and you're like, I knew it. Hey, you want this Chipotle? Is the devil. <laughs> you don't even have to pay. You want some Chipotle? Yeah. Thank you, devil. You want to come out to eat with me? I'll pay. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, ton of stuff coming through for fasting now that we're on the subject. I think it's so important. What if uh, somebody asked, what if you can't, what if medically you can't fast food? Then fast social media, fast, fast, uh, fast something that you really enjoy that's, Video games. that's not food. Um, take time, take time to, to push that stuff, to push that stuff Texting. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first extended fast I went on. And, and I can talk about it because it wasn't my choice. Um, I, didn't, I didn't want to do it. Um, I was a part of a young minister's class, and, and Pastor Bounds was like, okay, we are all going on a three-day fast together. Yeah. Did you feel that? Three-day fast together. And so I was, I was like 14, 15, and man, I, first day I was, you know, okay, but kind of ish. Second day, I thought I was going to die. And, um, and it got so bad, I had to drink some orange juice. And, man, just, but but what, that, what that did for me is it, is it opened up a, a whole world. Because I got to see, even after, even after fasting and not doing it all perfect, and drinking some orange juice and eating some food a little early so I felt like I could survive, um, even though, even though I didn't do it perfect, the, the emotion after the fast was so different. Number one, it, it was, it felt as if I could do it. It felt attainable. It felt like, man, this, this is a possibility, uh, for me in the future. Um, if you fast and you fail, just don't, don't say fasting's not for me. <laughs> just try again. <laughs> just try again. Uh, and if you don't get it right, keep trying. And the more you try, you'll get it. Um, you know, I, I'm getting a lot, a lot of questions. Should I just fast fast food? Should I just, should I just, should I just fast chocolate? Do that? Go on a fast with no food. Go on a one-day fast with no food. If you've never done it before, do it. Do it and see, and see what happens. Go noon to noon. Go 
six to six. Go do, just try, try something. And, and God will bless it. And you will see a difference. Every, after every fast, there is, a, there is a tangible difference in my prayer time. There is a tangible difference. It is so much easier to, to get in, uh, get into the presence of God. And so let fasting be a part, let fasting be a part of your life. Amen? Let's can, go can I add something to that? Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I found a fast that works perfect, and that's uh, Special K. I just don't eat Special K anytime. I hate that cereal. Um, Amen. Secondly, secondly uh, I think today in our culture, uh, like they were saying, if you can't fast food or whatever, but uh, definitely try that. If you can't medically do that, I would say social media especially, and media at all, if you are fasting food and you are still allowing all of that culture to come in, it's not going to help. You might as well eat. Yeah, is exactly right. Yes. So uh, whatever your hobby is, sacrifice that for God. That's what fasting is. So basically what it is, is sacrificing in the physical you see a tangible result in the spiritual. Yeah. That's what it is. You're sacrificing the physical and you're seeing a tangible result in the spiritual. That's why giving is such a big deal. Yeah. Because when you sacrifice in the physical, you see a spiritual, tangible result. Uh, another way to put this, if you want to write this down, practical arrangements create spiritual moments. Practical arrangements create spiritual moments. When you sacrifice food, that's a practical arrangement. But you will see it in your spirit, like Brother Cody said, in your prayer life. You will see it. Um, so create those sacrifices. If it's golf, sacrifice golf. But I know there's people spending five hours on video games. Sacrifice yeah, the video well. games. Give it to Jesus and uh, watch God improve your ministry, your prayer life, your walk with God. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.